This month of Encyclopedia Womanica is brought to you by Macy's. Macy's is committed to honoring the gifts, voices, and legacies of Black people throughout February and year-round. You can shop Black-owned businesses available at Macy's at macy's.com honors. And head to that link to donate to a range of charities that empower Black youth. It's just one way Macy's is demonstrating an ongoing commitment to inclusivity in everything they do. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Our final journalist was a vocal proponent of and participant in the labor movement during the first two decades of the 20th century. During a time when women were often dismissed and silenced, she traveled across the U.S. and Europe, writing stories about the ugly underbelly of the industrialized working world. Let's talk about Mary Heaton Vorse. Mary Heaton Vorse was born in New York City on October 11, 1874. Her mother, Ellen Heaton, had five children from a previous marriage, but Mary was her only child with Mary's father, Hiram Heaton. Mary benefited from an upper-class, privileged lifestyle that she deeply resented. For most of Mary's childhood, the family lived in a 24-room house in Amherst, Massachusetts. As a precocious young girl with an ear for languages, Mary became fluent in German, French, and Italian. That said, traditional schooling did not agree with Mary. And when she was 19, she forwent college, instead choosing to study art in Paris. In 1896, Mary moved to Manhattan to attend the Progressive Art Students League. She spent her nights socializing and drinking with male writers and rebelling against the norms for a young woman at the time. During these years of rebellion, Mary secretly married Albert White Vorse in 1898. Three years later, she gave birth to a baby boy. Mary struggled to find balance between desiring a husband and a family and maintaining her independence. She used writing as an outlet for her internal conflict. Writing as a hobby soon evolved into writing as a career. Through her work writing book reviews, Mary stepped into the role of breadwinner of the family. In 1903, in an effort to resolve some marital issues and Albert's infidelity, the family moved to Europe, first to France and then to Italy. There, Mary's fiction writing blossomed. In 1907, Mary gave birth to her second child. Her writing then began to focus on the struggle of balancing motherhood and career. Mary provided for the family by selling popular fiction stories to magazines about domestic life and the evolving nature of heterosexual relationships. In her mid to late 30s, she published many novels, including The Breaking In of a Yachtsman's Wife, Autobiography of an Elderly Woman, and The Very Little Person. These works all entertainingly explored parental love, gender norms, and marital disputes. The same-day death of Mary's husband and mother in 1910 altered the course of her life. With the heavy responsibility of providing solo for two young children, Mary pursued a career as a labor journalist. Her first experience covering workers' rights was at the 1912 textile strike in Lawrence, Massachusetts. This event solidified Mary's affiliation with the have-nots, despite being born a have. The strike at Lawrence not only helped reunite Mary with purpose, but also with Joe O'Brien, a jovial and spirited reporter she'd met the year prior. 
after a three-month courtship, the two married and had a son. But the marriage was short-lived, as Joe was diagnosed with stomach cancer and died in 1915. Despite this tragedy, Mary remained steadfast in her commitment to fighting for workers' rights. Her journalism focused on the human interest stories often found amid the protests and war zones to which she traveled. She covered the Misabi Range copper miners' strike in Minnesota, the nationwide steel strike of 1919, the coal strikes in Kentucky, and the General Motors sit-down strike in Michigan. Mary set herself apart from other journalists by working hand-in-hand with unions and joining workers on the front lines of their protests. Her accounts were intimate and thoughtful. As a pacifist, Mary scrutinized both world wars. Alongside 3,000 other outspoken women, Mary formed the Women's Peace Party on January 10, 1915, in opposition to the onset of World War I. In April of that year, she attended a meeting in The Hague for the International Women's Peace Party as the New York delegate. During World War II, she was one of the oldest, if not the oldest, American foreign correspondents. Mary did not compromise her values for financial gain. While she continued to write short stories for women for quick cash, she also wrote for The Masses, a radical socialist journal that was eventually shut down by the government due to its anti-war stance. Government intimidation did not deter Mary. In the end, she published more than 400 articles on child labor, affordable housing, the right to vote, and infant mortality for a variety of publications, including The New Yorker, Harper's Weekly, and Atlantic Monthly. Mary was honored for her activism in 1962, when the United Auto Workers awarded her with the union's first social justice award. Mary died from a heart attack on June 14, 1966, at the age of 92, at her beloved home in Provincetown. This was our final episode of our Month of Journalists. On Monday, we're starting a brand new theme. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you on Monday.